This is the Right Now Podcast with Sarah Werner. Episode 70. Burned out, exhausted, and overwhelmed. Welcome to Write Now, the podcast that helps aspiring writers and all writers to find the time, energy, and courage you need to pursue your passion and write every day. I'm your host, Sarah Warner, and I gave a TED Talk. (laughs) It was a TEDx talk, so it wasn't a full-blown TED Talk, but... It was a thing that I had kind of always wanted to do, and I had the opportunity to do it. The folks organizing the conference had heard me speak before, and they knew that I podcasted, and they said, hey, we think you'd be a great fit for this event. Why don't you go ahead and apply? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I I don't think that I'd be good enough, or I don't think I would have an idea that's worth sharing, which is what the TED conference is all about. And they're like, no, go, go ahead and submit it anyway. And so I didn't. <laughs> I didn't submit one until about two days before the application was due to speak. And I was speaking at another event downtown, and the TED organizer was there. And he was like, Sarah, I haven't gotten your TED application yet. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, I'm really tired lately, and I'm really overwhelmed, and... I don't know. And he's like, okay, but you know, the deadline's in two days. I would really love to see an application from you. It's not every day that you get to give, you know, a TEDx talk. And I was like, oh, crap. So the next day, which was the day before the deadline to apply to speak, I sat myself down in a coffee shop and I took out my notepad because I do most of my writing and brainstorming by hand if I want to think clearly and map ideas to each other. And I proceeded to apply nine times. I submitted nine separate TEDx talks for this event because apparently that's that's what I do. That's how I roll. I'm an overachiever. Maybe you identify with this. And a few of them were kind of similar, but most of them were radically different. None of them had anything to do with podcasting or writing because that was another challenge that I unconsciously decided to saddle myself with. So one of my talks gets selected and I have, I think at that point it was two weeks to prepare a TEDx talk on a subject that I was an expert in, but I was by no means an expert with a capital E in. And so like when I speak, I speak multiple times a year at large events, and it's usually about writing or podcasting or leadership. Like that's kind of my comfort zone when it comes to speaking. I, I speak a little bit about creativity and fear in there as well, but that's that's largely what I speak about. And the topic that I was speaking on for this TEDx talk was called When You Can't Help Everyone. And I was going to talk about my life as a person who sees themselves and has been taught to see themselves as a servant, a person who puts others before them. 
which has nothing to do with anything that I had ever spoken about before. And so I didn't have any existing material. I didn't even really have any existing ideas about the subject. It was just a subject that interested me and that I struggled with on a daily basis. And I was like, well, I struggle with this every day, so I'm probably an expert in it. So I had two weeks to prepare this talk. I did not know it would take me the full two weeks up until the very day, the very morning of the event. I wrote six or seven different versions of this talk. I had, over the two weeks that I had to prepare for this talk, I had a manila folder, and every day that folder just got thicker and thicker. By the time that I had prepared the talk, that folder was about an inch and a half thick of handwritten slips of paper, ideas, versions of the talk, all of that, all of that stuff was in this folder. And I hadn't realized when I submitted my talk what an all-consuming endeavor it was going to be. But it was. I've never worked so hard on anything in my entire life. I wrestled with this talk. I struggled with it. I, Like I said, I wrote different versions It was never good enough. I never got to the point that I wanted to get to. It was never poignant enough. It was never smart enough. It was never, you know, fill in the blank enough to be what I saw as the type of talk I should give for this event. Simultaneously, I'm also working on a couple of other things. I own my own business, and so I'm coordinating several other speaking engagements. I am working out, uh, I think in one of the last episodes, I talked about this deal that I'm working out with my agent and some other things. So I'm working on that stuff. I have episode 113 of Girl in Space that I have been working on since, no joke, and this is very shameful, December of 2018. Granted, this is a two-hour movie-length podcast storytelling event, and I am on my 10th rewrite of it, but that's still no excuse for not getting it out, so I'm sorry, guys. I've, I've succumbed to my perfectionism on this one. And then I had other stuff going on. I'm traveling. I'm doing other things. So suffice to say that I had a lot going on. In the week before the TEDx talk, which was on April 11th. It was on a Thursday. That week, starting with the Monday, I don't know how to describe it other than I sort of went catatonic. I was in a place where I hadn't slept all weekend. I hadn't been sleeping well to begin with because I was so panicked about this talk, about getting up in front of people in my home community and talking about a subject that was so very and deeply personal to me. I was on a major time crunch because the organizer wanted us to send in periodic videos of us giving the talk because with a TED Talk, you can't really read off of paper or anything like that, and you can't kind of make it up as you go. You kind of have to have like a rehearsed talk that transfers your idea into the brain of your audience or your listeners. And so... I was behind on every single one of those deadlines. I was behind on Girl in Space. I was behind on several other things in my life. And I was trying to hatch this brilliant with a capital B idea with a capital I that would stun and wow people. I was under a lot of pressure. I'm already a very high anxiety person. I was wringing my brain out 
like a washcloth that's already had all of the water wrung out of it. I was just, I was trying so hard. I was overworking my brain. I was overclocking my body. I was eating garbage. And I got to a point where I was burned out. I was exhausted. And I was overwhelmed. Chances are you have felt this way at least once in your life. I'm guessing for most of you, you feel it maybe not often, but enough to call it a familiar acquaintance. You're panicking. You're not thinking clearly. You don't make good decisions. You don't let your brain fully recharge and you don't let your body fully rest. College students, I'm looking at you. It was not a healthy place to be. So I gave the talk on Thursday night, having finished writing it around lunchtime that day. I recorded myself giving the talk, and I played the recording to myself over and over and over, reciting it as I went. And then I gave the talk that night. It went fairly well. It was still fairly nerve-wracking, especially since I was speaking about a super personal topic to an audience of people who knew me and like who know where I live and who know where I work and how I do business. It was just very, very, very weird and surreal. And then I got off the stage and it was over, kind of, because a lot of people who I know don't live here in town with me. And they're like, when do we get to see the video? When do we get to see the video? And I'm like, oh, no, I have to essentially mentally give this talk over again to all of these other people. And so I wasn't even able to rest after the talk was done. So the next day, Friday, I had several phone calls business-wise to take care of. I had some projects to work on. But I was so out of it. I was so drained. I was so burned out and exhausted that I think I just punched drunk, giggled my way through it. It was, it was not an ideal place to be. My face was broken out. My body was going through some weird things because of the stress. I was having heart palpitations. You get the picture. Saturday, I did not get out of bed. I laid there all day in bed, sleeping on and off. I was fighting off a sinus infection. I had a massive headache, and I think it was all stress-related. I think that sometimes when you come out of a place of stress and anxiety and overwhelm, sickness hits you extra hard. I don't know why that happens, but it usually happens to me. So, of course, I was sick. And then Sunday, I got out of bed about halfway through the day. And I felt guilty about being in bed all day on Saturday and half the day Sunday. And I knew cognitively that I had failed a little bit slash a lot in the self-care department, but I didn't know how much to take care of myself and how much was too much. So let me back up for a little bit here. I first heard the term self-care back in January 2015, and I actually have a podcast episode about it, which is why I know when I first heard the term Episode three of the Right Now podcast is about writing as self-care. And I had just heard this term. It was brand new to me. My friend Tamara mentioned it to me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we're allowed to take care of ourselves. We don't have to sacrifice everything all the time for our work and our art. We don't 
have to suffer. Like it's okay to rest. Like these were all new concepts to me. And I feel like the topic of self-care has really worked its way into society. Like I see all these little Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts now like, oh, I'm the little self-care bot. Remember to drink water today. And I'm the little self-care aloe plant. Remember to hug someone today. So I feel like it's become very trendy and even socially acceptable to talk about taking care of yourself and not pulling out the I'm busy and therefore I am special and important card. So hopefully we'll find some balance in there in the coming years, sooner rather than later. But I first heard about self-care back in 2015, and I thought about it as it pertains to writing. And we've talked before on this show about how writing can be a very healthy and life-giving and restful experience. Like, I process a lot of my day. I process a lot of my ideas. I process a lot of my life through writing. And that's just how I best understand what's going on around me is by writing about it. And that processing time, that downtime, that journaling, whatever you want to call it, that can be an act of self-care. If you need time to process something, if you need to really dig into something and understand it, writing about it can be very therapeutic and very helpful. Similarly, for you fiction writers out there, channeling your story or your pain or your trauma or your joy through a fictional character or in a fictional story can also be very healing, and it can heal not only you, but other people. So that's basically what I say about writing and self-care in episode three. And I was looking at writing as self-care at that time. But when you're in a place like I am slash was, and you're like, I'm so burned out, I don't have the time or the energy to write as self-care, then what does that look like? Well, I recorded another episode of the Right Now podcast in 2017 called How to Rest as a Writer. It's episode number 64 if you want to go back and listen to it. But basically, it talks about the fact that even though when you're writing, you're sitting down at your desk, you're still expending energy. You're still working. And I sort of play with the idea and the sort of tension between writing as self-care and rest and writing as hard work, because for a lot of us, it's both. For a lot of us, writing is both work and rest. I've been struggling with that for years especially now that I'm self-employed and I write full-time. So I come off of a full day of writing and I say, hmm, what do I want to do tonight? How do I want to get back my energy? Ooh, I'll write some more. But no, 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 this will be restful writing. This will be writing for me. It's just a really fine line and it's something that I think I'm still figuring out. But in episode 64, I talk about how to rest as a writer. So these are non-writing self-care activities. And I talk about how important it is to identify the ways in which you recharge. And so for me, it's sitting back with a cup of coffee. It's going on a walk outside in nature. It's knowing that I don't have any phone calls or meetings on my schedule for the day and I can just be creative. And I'm sure your list is different for you based on whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, based on how you enjoy recharging and resting. But the question that I have this time around is how much do we let ourselves recharge? 
I was thinking about that entire day on Saturday that I spent in bed. And on the one hand, I needed it because I had worked myself to the bone for the two weeks before my talk. I had given the talk and I needed to recharge. It was just simple energy consumption and depletion. But on the other hand, while I was laying in bed and sleeping and taking medicine for my headache, I was thinking, oh my gosh, what if somebody saw me right now? What if somebody saw me laying in bed all day long? And then when I was still in bed halfway through the day on Sunday, oh my gosh, what if somebody saw me? I haven't gotten out of bed for a day and a half, and I can't stop sleeping. I thought, how much privilege do I have right now? And I was disgusted by it. I feel like I wouldn't have been able to rest like that if I had kids. And it wasn't, it didn't feel fair to me. It didn't feel right. Kids are exhausting. I can't imagine owning my own business and giving all these talks and doing all this writing while having kids on top of it. So for those of you who are parents, oh my gosh, I don't know how you do this. I thought about how wrong is it for me to rest this much? And then later, I thought, oh my gosh, I need to get out of bed. This is just wrong. This is just wrong. And I got out of bed Sunday afternoon, and I still had a little bit of a cold, and I felt terrible. I just, oh, I just felt awful. I was so drained still. But I got out of bed because I had already been in bed too long. Now, the question is, too long compared to what? That's really what I'm struggling with right now. I wish that there was some kind of equation that said, okay, so if you do this activity and this activity, this is how much it should take you to rest and recharge. And if you go over that, then you're a bad person. Like, I don't know. I want it to be black and white in a way. I want it to be easy. I want to know that I am resting to rest and to replenish my energy and not because I am afraid of getting out of bed and doing more hard work. Stephen Pressfield talks about the concept of resistance in his book, The War of Art, which I would highly recommend that you read. Resistance takes a lot of different forms. Avoiding your work, sleeping a lot, overeating. Basically, it often amounts to self-sabotage. It stems from fear. It stems from perfectionism. It stems from questions of, am I worthy to do this? Am I worth it? It stems from questions of, can I do this? It stems from fear. So I had to think today, and I'm finally starting to feel like myself again. My cold is gone. I've been going to bed super early the past few nights. But after lunch, all I could think about was crawling into bed for a nap. I had done an interview that morning. I had answered a lot of emails. I had done some like micro tasks, things that I don't consider deep work, as Cal Newport puts it in his book, Deep Work, which is definitely another book you should read. I hadn't done any creative writing. I hadn't moved Girl in Space forward. I hadn't done what I needed to do. And so thinking about taking a nap, on the one hand, seemed like a great idea. I was exhausted. 
The covers seemed so warm, and it's a rainy 40-degree day here in South Dakota. On the other hand, there was this little thing in the back of my head that said, this is resistance. You are resisting getting to work. You are resisting your call to create this show. Sometimes I don't know what the difference is, because it's tricky. Our brains are tricky. When I feel that resistance, like, oh man, I can't face that blank page, or I can't face my microphone to record an episode of right now because I don't know what I'm going to say, I don't have anything good enough to say. When I'm feeling that resistance, sometimes, and by that I mean often, there will be a little voice in my head, not a literal voice, but, you know, a nudge that kind of pushes me toward understanding that need to go and hide out of fear as self-care. Rest is healthy and you need to recharge. That's a very rational argument for taking a nap. But what is my real motivation? I'm scared. And I'm scared because, yes, the blank page is intimidating. And yes, work is hard. And yes, my brain is lazy. But also I'm scared Because I know exactly how easily I tip over into being burned out, exhausted, and overwhelmed. It's so easy for me to slide onto either side. The burned out side, where I've overworked myself to the point where I hurt my body and I hurt my mind. Or the other side, where I just want to sleep and relax all day and enjoy myself and neglect my duties. Because doesn't that sound delightful? I know that the question I should be asking is, how do you prevent yourself from becoming burned out, exhausted, and overwhelmed? Simple. You say no to things. But so often, so many opportunities are once in a lifetime. You know? So many times you're like, oh, okay, just this once, I'll stretch myself a little too thin. I mean, for me, it's hard not to get into that arena. It's where I've done so much of my most exciting work, in the danger zone. Working myself to the point where I'm burned out reminds me of when I was in college, feverishly working on a paper the night before it was done, running to the professor's office to slip my paper under the door before noon. And the high that comes with the sense of accomplishment, the excitement that comes from beating the buzzer, that's all built into my brain. That's all wired in there. So that's why that's a very easy place, a very seductive place for me to go. An extra challenge? Heck yes, I'm taking that on, because it'll feel so amazing when I beat the challenge. I feel like we're delving into Sarah's own personal issues. Maybe you identify with some of this, maybe you don't. But I'm going to bet that most of you deal with being burned out, exhausted, and overwhelmed. And it seems so simple to say no to taking on too much. But we have generous hearts. We want to help people. We want to help our careers, too. We want to help our families. Sometimes we don't know our own limits in a good way and in a bad way. This whole TEDx talk thing 
reminded me of another time in my writing career when I was working a job full-time and ghostwriting books and doing some service projects and, 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 etc. So it's not just this one situation. And so for you, it could be you have your kids in too many activities or there's a lot of deadlines at work, but also a lot of deadlines at home or on another project you're working on. Or you're so busy dedicating yourself to those things that you've completely neglected your writing and you feel guilty about that. Maybe you're burning the candle at every end possible. I started this podcast back in 2015 when I was determined to solve the problem of work, life, and writing balance. Every problem has to have a solution, right? The solution is do all of the things but you can't do everything every day. I've talked about this in previous episodes, about making peace with the fact that you can't have a perfectly balanced day every day, but you can have a balanced week or a balanced month or a balanced year. I forget that a lot, and I let myself go into a bad place of being burned out. For me... Getting out of that place involves overindulging in rest the same way that I overindulged in the challenge. And just dealing with the fact that people would say, who does she think she is if they saw me laying in bed for a day and a half? I can also tell you that this state is not sustainable. That's something that I thought was true for years and years, that I could just go burning the candle at every single available end forever. And it's not true. That's not balance. That's overdrive. And while you can be there for a short period of time, whether that's hours or days or weeks or even months, you can't keep it going forever. So I'm curious, how do you deal with this? What do you do when you find that you're burned out? Do you do anything or do you just keep plowing through? Do you not let yourself get burned out in the first place? If and when you do, how do you recharge? And how do you know what recharging looks like? How do you tell your brain that you're recharging and not indulging in a nap that is undeserved? These are the things that I'm struggling with right now. And I've seen enough reactions in the writer community to this topic that chances are you're dealing with this too. So let's deal with it together. In the show notes for today's episode, let me know how you're doing. If you're burned out, exhausted, overwhelmed, if you find yourself approaching that line, if you passed that line a long time ago, if you're in a phase of rest right now, I would love to know what that looks like for you. I would like to know how you prevent it from happening, if you do, if you're able to do that. I know some folks who are schedule sticklers, and they stick to their schedule, which doesn't let them overwhelm themselves. Unfortunately, I am not a very good schedule person. You can find a link to the show notes so that you can add your comments and thoughts out at sarahwerner.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-W-E-R-N-E-R.com and navigate to the latest episode. So this is episode 70 of the Right Now podcast. And let me know your thoughts.
I will also be providing a link to my TEDx talk, if you would like to witness <laughs> that. And uh, I, I think I'm also going to have links to both of the books that I mentioned in today's episode, The Art of War by Stephen Pressfield and Deep Work by Cal Newport. They're both really good books on writing. Well, they're books about working. I apply them to writing, and I think that they might be helpful for you as well. Today's episode is brought to you, as always, by the amazing folks who sponsor the Right Now podcast on Patreon. Patreon is a secure third-party donation platform that lets you donate however much money you want, a dollar, two dollars, a billion dollars per episode, you know, whatever you can spare, to help support production costs and to help cover my time for doing this. I do like to make the show free so that anybody can access it. Nobody has to pay for it. But if you have some spare change to throw toward the show, it is greatly appreciated. Special thanks for this episode go out to Elise Jane Tabor, Michael Beckwith, Leslie Duncan, Rebecca Werner, Gary Medina, Lilith Black, and a couple others who have asked to remain anonymous. Thank you so much for your support. Again, if you would like to join their ranks and help fund the Right Now podcast on Patreon, you can do so out at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash Sarah Ray Werner, all one word. Or you can just click the link in today's show notes and it will take you directly there. One quick note, I do have all sorts of new things available for patrons, so make sure you take a look at the different donation tiers, whether you're giving a dollar per episode, three dollars per episode. Take a look at what you get. There are some rewards there as well, including an invitation to join my private Writer's Mastermind group on Discord. So check it out and see what looks right for you. Finally, I am going to be at Pod X this year. So Pod X 2019. I'm going to be there May 31st through June 1st in Nashville. This is going to be an amazing podcasting conference. I'm going to be there the whole time that it's going on. And so if you are in the Nashville area or if you'd like to get tickets to Pod X, go to podx.com. That's just pod and then the letter x.com to purchase your ticket. I'll be speaking on a number of different things from sound design to mental health in podcasting. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing you there. So let me know if you're going to be there and we can high five. It should be a really good time. Otherwise, whew, this has been episode 70 of the Right Now podcast, the podcast that helps aspiring writers and all writers to find the time, energy, and courage you need to pursue your passion and write every day. I'm your host, Sarah Warner, and if you are in a place where you are burned out, exhausted, or overwhelmed, or maybe all three, take a deep breath, think about where you are. Think about where you'd like to be, talk to the writing community, and together we'll try to make that happen.